Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Beyond Second Star podcast. I'm your host, Ian. And I'm the co-host, Josh. I am the Robert Gibson to his Ricky Morton. And today we are excited to give our official review of Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. Now it's time to ring that bell and get started. All right, we watched this last night, checked it out. I thought, uh, I don't know about you, but I personally thought I loved the set. Thought it looked great. Yeah, the whole uh, throwback to the original set was fantastic. So good, especially for you know an old fan like me who used to watch it as a kid. You know, a lot of nostalgia. So I was, I was eating every bit of it. Makes me glad that we watched a bunch of the older stuff over the last like year or two. Yeah, because I really wouldn't have known it was supposed to be a retro set if we hadn't watched it. Yeah, it had that feel to it, like it had the old music and everything to it. So, oh yeah, pretty very, sweet. Yeah, very nineteen. What was it? Late, oh eighties? Yeah, yeah. 80, eighty-five, eighty-six. Yeah. So it's one of the prime Crockett, Crockett years. So. But uh, Tony Schiavone never ages. Just want to say that he was spot on last night too. He was great. Um, Cracked me up. It still looks great. Maybe wish he would talk more on AEW. To right. be honest, yeah, he... that's the thing with three man booth. But that's that's probably a subject for another day. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like you know, kicking it off though. Uh, um, first match: Motor City Machine Guns against uh, the American uh, Wolves. What, I was very familiar with the Machine Guns, but I really didn't know the Wolves. You, you know much about them? I had never seen them <laughs> yeah. until they came out. But they put on a decent match for an opener. I thought it was solid. I thought the crowd was sitting on their hands for some reason. I don't know if that's old school with their, you know, the old, a lot of older fans there from the old Tennessee, ter- Memphis, or Nashville, Tennessee territory. But I th- I don't know. I thought uh, they had a solid match, and really the crowd just kind of meh. Yeah, they didn't really react at all till what, three or four matches in, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are working hard. I mean, it was solid. I thought they did good. Uh, I don't know about you, but some of the highlights I noticed, it wasn't like outstanding, like, oh my gosh, this was an amazing match to watch, but it was solid. It was fun. The machine guns still look good. Pretty smooth, I thought. Um, I think, you know, I looked like Alex Shelley got hurt at one point. I couldn't tell if that was a work or... Yeah, he was kind of... Just <laughs> yeah, like he's grabbing his leg at one point. Yeah, just kind of, and he's either really selling very well, or he was because it was slightly hurt. Yeah, because it seemed like it was at a point where you wouldn't need to sell. Or like it was after the match where he was kind of overdoing it, and like I don't remember that leg getting worked on or anything. So hopefully he's fine. But yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. Just something to notice though. But I know, like you know, that's when they started. You know, on the main show, uh, we watched. Actually, we did it backwards. We watched the pre-show after the main show, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> We didn't know where the Battle Royal was. Right. So, it's like, where's the Bunkhouse Battle Royal? But uh, I saw, you know, some of the people they started showing was Al Snow, Santino, Al Snow, Grave. It looks like a million bucks. Yeah, there was a bunch of people in the audience. I mean, there's uh, Vicky Guerrero was out there. Uh, I believe at one point she did say, excuse me, but it was later on in the show. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, Kid Rock was out there, Mick Foley. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of, it was a star-studded event there. A lot of people, I mean... I don't know if it was sold out, but there's a lot of people there. And like yeah, a lot of probably close. Yeah. A lot of big fans there to say goodbye to Flair. So that was pretty sweet, I thought. Um but yeah, anyway, solid match. Moved right into match two. That one uh kind of surprised me with how Killer Cross now looks. You know, former carrying cross. Yeah, it's amazing how his character actually works when you don't put him in a gladiator <laughs> outfit. With a helmet, like he's rough. Yeah, that Coliseum was, person. Like. Oh, I don't know what they were thinking with that, but his it was not a long match, but it was him against Davy Boy Smith Jr., who was AKA Harry Smith. Um, yeah, at some point they were just went on a suplex 
rampage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's a total no sell. Like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're both they're both no selling. So at least that was that right. was good. Made it fun though because when they finally did, just kind of collapse. Right, but right. it was a good spot. I thought <laughs> so. I mean, Harry he looks jacked. You know, he was wearing tights, kind of commemorating his dad, which was pretty sweet. The old British bulldogs, British bulldog style, tag team style. Uh, Short match, but man, they threw some stiff forearms in there. I oh, know yes, they did. <laughs> some <laughs> they looked European like uppercuts were rough. But I, I thought uh, that and the no cell suplex was probably the best spot of that. Pretty, I agree. It was cool. So, but Carrying Cross, you know, excuse me, Killer Cross, <laughs> uh, went over. And then come to find out, fast forward a couple of days later. Yeah, uh, Triple H on his, uh, uh, I don't know, reboot of sorts. Uh, bringing back him yes. and Scarlet. Called the reign of the game. <laughs> Taking over and uh, <laughs> starting to re- you know, redo things in a fashion that, I don't know. I mean, not to knock on Vince McMahon, because God bless him. The man obviously is a genius and did a lot of great things, but I think it's been uh, past his time for a bit. So not to get on that subject again, totally different subject. But Cross shows up on SmackDown, normal, uh, same type of killer Cross gimmick, and Looked good and really made an impact, I thought, when he showed up. So. I think it has potential to work this time and yeah. not get lost in the shuffle of mid tier. For sure. Then immediately get fired like he did last time <laughs> for no real reason. Oh, like, yeah. I just, I still understand that. But, but yeah, quick, quick match, stiff match for sure, but entertaining all the same. So, and, and uh, once again, Scarlet with Killer Cross, always easy on the eyes. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Which but, leads to our, uh, that was the third match of the night, which was a fatal four-way match. I'm going to butcher this first person's name. <laughs> what was it? Okay. Well, one of the uh, pronunciations that I saw, I thought it was uh, Takashita. But when they said, that the announcer, he said, actually kind of phonetically wrote it out, it was Takashita. Takashita, okay. Yeah. So I don't know, but you know, uh, Konosuke Kadash, t- excuse me, Konosuke Takashita, and then there was Alan Angel. I mean, a lot of these guys I hadn't heard of. But yeah, I hadn't heard of. I, I, heard I, of him. I, I we that's one thing we're gonna start doing is expanding. You know, like there's so many wrestling promotions right now with Progress and MLW. And another thing about this show was they had people from so many companies, which is fantastic. Absolutely, first show that. I didn't know where they had every major promotion, including WWE, including AEW, you know, New Japan, AAA for Mexico, uh, you know, MLW, Progress, Ring of Honor, just on down the line. So they many. really, it was impressive. <laughs> they got everybody in there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was impressive. It was fun to watch. Uh, yeah, it also gets uh, versus uh, Nick Wayne and is it Jonathan Bresham? Yeah, yes. Gresham. Yes, he was a former AEW champion, wasn't he? I believe he was. Not eight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Yes. He was, yeah, he was the, he lost to Claudio. And then kind of had a fit. And a lot left for reasons. Right. This match was for the progressive title, number one contendership match. Yeah, that's right. Which is pretty cool. That's right. Um, it was, uh, it had a lot of quick spots in this it, match. It really did. And the, the, the worst, I mean, the best part, of, one of the highlights of the match but what's caught the worst was when they did these dueling moonsaults on the corners to the outside of the ring. And somehow the camera crew missed both of them. <laughs> Completely botched both so, of them. Like, what happened? Like, I'm sure it was great, but 
didn't really get to see it. Right. You know, what we saw was amazing, but you didn't even see the the air the airtime of it, the landing. You just I, I don't know what happened. The Cameron Kimbrand had both guys on their sides, and then they just switched, and you missed it all. So it was the weirdest thing. But it was only, that was only one of the few spots of the night that production kind of got wrong. So it was pretty flawless otherwise. I thought, yeah, I agree. Because um, it was a good production, I felt. So especially as an independent show, you wouldn't think, you know, you kind of have low expectations. And I feel they, they did well. They were really done well professional. Uh, someone really impressed with that match was Nick Wayne. He was the... The tiny guy. Well, he yeah, wasn't scr- tiny. He was scrawny. scrawny yeah, yeah. Man, he was doing all kinds of stuff though. Like he, he impressed me. Yeah, he was amazing. I thought he, uh, I guess his move sets because I think he was one, he was one of the ones that did that moonsault, and I was like, I was so excited to see it. But again, you missed it. But he was also doing some really spectacular moves. I felt. Then uh, Takashita did a great uh, blue thunder bomb. Yeah, uh, very very pretty. That I'm a big fan of the blue thunder bomb. I think as you are. Yeah, I kind of wish like Sami Zayn would just use it as a finisher instead of the other one because it's yeah, such a beautiful. Care. Oh, he just he just does it so well. But uh, Takashita's was really good too, nice and floaty. Yeah, now that guy I was super impressed with. You know, Takashita or Takashita, whatever you pronounce it. Um, yeah, he's been showing up other places because he he popped up in a big thing against uh, Moxley, if I'm not mistaken. I, th- I know he fought Jay Lethal. Maybe it was Lethal. Maybe that's what uh, it was. And he guys won that match. I think he may have fought. Moxley and Lost when Moxley was going through everyone from Could be. New Japan. Could be. But uh, I didn't look that to be. It was sure. my first time I got an actual look at those matches and Duke could work. He was impressive as could be. Uh, but that was cool. And for you know the next match we moved on, Nick Aldis come out. He was on commentary. Uh, the former NWA champion. I like Nick Aldis. I do too. Big fan. Uh, I'm kind of curious because I've not really heard anything he's been doing. In a while, so he's gone quiet since he lost. Yeah, it seems like I'll be still I there. Mean, I, I assume mean, he's still there. I didn't I hear, but yeah, I didn't hear about any injuries or whatnot. So I don't know if he's just taking time away to heal up or something, or because I mean, he's still too—he's young. So he's oh, yeah, he has plenty, plenty of his career left yeah. for sure. He's hitting that hit that peak years where he's just he's doing awesome, you know. But uh, I'm sure this next match you loved uh, <laughs> some classic stuff here. With Carrie uh, and Ricky Morton, which I could have swore that the ring announcer said Ricky Morton, and I'm like, that can't be right. Um, <laughs> uh, like, no, because God love him, no, he does not look anything like Ricky Morton. So this is a very different Ricky Morton to Ricky Morton. God love so, him. So half the Rock and Roll Express, and then they took on uh, Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. And then Arn was out there with them. Interesting tag team, by the way. I actually really like it. Um, I like that pairing. I think so. it was uh, Brock had on the back of his trunks that said, um, "What the, uh, heritage? Uh, no, not heritage. It said li- it? Uh, lineage. Lineage. Yes. And I'm like, that's a great tag team name, and they should team together. I I like that forward. better than the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, the, the Varsity Blondes that that Brian Pillman's currently doing. I think I think Brock's trying to find his footing, and Pillman the same deal. Oh right, you right. Know, uh, and with, with Arn Anderson not really having much to do now that Cody left AEW, I think if... I don't know, if, is, is Brock Anderson in AEW? Yes, I can't yeah, remember. he is. I, I, but I'm like you, I was worried that he... Because I'd hate to see Arn Anderson go, because it's a wealth of knowledge. But he'd be a great manager for them. So true. It would give him a good prime spot. What might say the guys being heel, which they think they pretty much were heels in this one, which kind I like. felt that way. But, yeah. I mean, you're always heel when you go against the Rock and true. Roll Express. Yeah, especially you're, you're the South. Gonna, yeah. You're not going to be a good especially guy. Especially the South. So, it's... You know the the lineage they which that's what we're calling them now because that's a good <laughs> name that's a great name but 
that's the first time I've seen Brian Pillman work heel. So that was cool. That was cool. You know, um, I got to say, he has one hell of a mullet. Oh, it's epic. It's fantastic. It's epic. And he's got it like kind of feathered and lethal. It's great. So. And it's crazy how much Brock Anderson looks like Arn Anderson. <laughs> it's unreal. But man, if he gets, if he starts uh, spitting on the mic the way Arn Anderson did, that kid's going to have something. And so. he was already showing character. Yeah. A lot more than, than he had. I was going to say, this is the most character I've seen him have. So he's been, you know, kind of just been everybody's, you know, punching bag in the AEW so far. And I agree. I think this is the most character he started showing, started, you know, working kind of the heel thing, bagging off a little bit, or just, you know, doing some cheap, you know, good stuff, you know, just enough to get the crowd going. The Rock and Roll Express, will, they'll make it happen. Oh, you know? right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was actually, it was the original members, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson was there, but but Gibson wasn't wrestling. He was their second. It was the Ricky Morton's son, uh, Carrie, I believe. Yeah, Carrie Morton. Uh, another lethal mullet in the ring. <laughs> yeah. His wasn't quite as good as <laughs> Brian Pillman. He's, he's not got to work on it as much as... Uh, <laughs> His wasn't, his wasn't as poofy. I mean, by far, the best one in there is Ricky Morton's. Just <laughs> Classic. It's, you know, 40 years in the making, and he's still just making that thing work for him. <laughs> uh, this was the first time the crowd started making noise. I heard some rock and roll chants in there. They popped for a hot tag. Absolutely. It's like they finally started wake up, because I was, and that's what I was wondering about the other ones. I'm like, maybe this is just, they're kind of sitting in their hands because it's, you know, the old territory stuff, and once rock and roll comes out, the crowd got to see some of the nostalgia they loved. Because, for better or worse, Ricky Morton, I mean, I think he's in his early mid-60s. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look like, you know, ripped a million bucks. I mean, he's never worked out in his entire career by his own admission. But uh, he makes things exciting. His punches look pretty solid, except for that one that missed by like six inches. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was a bad camera angle, too. For sure. Clearly, a swing and a miss. <laughs> but kudos to whoever sold it. I forget who it was. Yeah, I they, they still sold it. <laughs> but it didn't even come over near his head. It was great. But but it was fun. Like I said, the crowd. I think what also helped to make it too was the crowd. Like you were saying, they actually they they woke up, started coming alive. Uh, but I don't. The thing, only thing I could not not to be nitpicky, not trying to be negative. But Carrie Morton repeatedly kept trying to do nip ups. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, the first time, it just looked awkward because he didn't make it. Right. And then the other time, he did, like, three or four times in a row, and I couldn't tell if he was being funny or if he was legit trying to do it. Right. It came across as legit trying to do it. Well, the first time, I kind of could buy more because, like, uh, I think it was Brock had him by the arm. And that's what Ricky Morton used to do. Like, they would grab by the hair, yank him down. He would nip up, get knocked back down, nip right back up. And I thought, maybe he's trying to do that. But that second time... But he did like four in a row trying to nip up. Like, just get up, dude. He just, he just looked like a fish out of water, just fluffing. Yeah, you know, I mean, flipping around like not to, not to be picking, <laughs> but he did that. Then he did this amazing hot tag that there was not even a need for a hot tag. It was just, <laughs> it was no one's even near him, so it was, it was kind of rough. But uh, it was cool to see lineage. I mean, they won. Uh, I think you pointed out it was Arn Anderson's old finishing move. Yes, the Gorg, they, the Gorg Buster who used to do what he was TV champ back in the eighties and stuff. Because everybody always associated with Arn with a spy buster, which was is phenomenal. Right, no one right. does it better, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, but that was never his finisher. His finisher was the Gorg Buster or the DDT, and uh, he did the Gorg Buster first, and that one 
he did it. It did well. Look yeah, good. I mean, Brock's look good. Yeah. So it was good to see. Uh, it was good to see a couple, a couple young, like three out of the four were young talent trying to, you know, make their way. I I do like. I can't emphasize this enough. I do like this lineage idea. I think. I hope they're wrong with them. I feel bad for uh, the other person on Varsity Blondes, but they can hopefully find something else for him to do if they, if they do continue with this. For sure, you know, and and I mean, it sounds terrible, but like I can't even remember the guy's name that said Varsity Blondes off the top of my head. And so, I mean, I don't. I'm not aware of any lineage he has. I was kind of always wondering with his, like, varsity blondes. I'd like, what was this? You know, because Pillman's got the got the blondes for the Hollywood blondes with Steve Austin and, and Brian Pillman back in the day. Right. So, when Brian Pillman Jr. do this varsity blondes, I'm like, well, maybe this guy had a link to Kevin Sullivan's old varsity club that they used to have with that had Mike Rotundo and Dr. Death Steve Williams. And, oh, you know, right. Uh, but I can't. I, I can't find anything on that. So, then Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner was the other one, but I didn't. I don't see any relation on that. So I was just always kind of. And it, let's be honest, it's this lineage is a much better idea because they're not coming out with Letterman's jackets. I mean, my God, they've been out of high school for years. So it's <laughs> right. time to put it down. A gimmick, so. maybe. <laughs> right. Not timely. I mean, not as up to date as it could right. be. Right. And AEW has plenty of baby faces, so they could just go with another good. For sure. Get a good. But FTR. If, Treading that line now, yeah, of heel and babyface. Maybe you need lineage to be there to take over that spot for a good heel. That's true. That's true. And uh, spo- and spoiler alert: if people are not caught up on dynamite, um, looks like the Bucks are about to be true babyfaces. So, you know, after the dust up between Adam Cole and the Red Dragon. So, I mean, he had a tough choice to make, and but I, I you know, Adam Cole makes no wrong decisions. That's right. That's fine. Adam Cole knows all. And uh, if if I if I think different than him, the chances are I'm wrong. So, <laughs> but anyway, another subject for another time. As I keep saying, <laughs> moving on. Match right. five, probably the best match of the night. Got to be hands down. Triple A talent from Mexico. Uh, if people aren't familiar with AAA, check it out. It's a really big promotion. It's been in Mexico for years and years. That's where Conan came from, and Conan. While not the most uh, famous or popular here in the United States, uh, God help me for saying this, he was the Hulk Hogan of AAA in Mexico. So he was so over, he was starred in soap operas. Conan was oh, the biggest really? thing. Oh, yeah. He was the biggest thing ever. So, I had no idea he was liking soap operas and stuff. Yep. That's kind of funny. <laughs> TV shows, soap operas. Conan was huge. He was, you know, he was up there a true... You know, Mexican hero like how they treat Mills Mascaris stuff like that. So, but yeah, this this match so exciting on so many levels. Um, you had Bandito, yes, Bandito, which uh, again not familiar with him. The other three though, uh, well, I take it back. Bandito and Black Taurus, who if you're not seen him, is interesting as can be. Yeah, because he's oh, he's dressed like a. Like a big, what is guys? Like, would be a Taurus, I, I guess. Big bull, yeah. yeah, big bull. Um, he's more muscular than everybody else in the match, like S- super strong. But he does just as much as everyone else does. Like everyone in this match is impressive. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, if there's one match to watch this week, if you if you pick one match out of that, this is the match to watch. I mean, the crowd, if they wanted to not. If they wanted to sit their hands, they couldn't because 
there were so many amazing things going on at at once. There was no denying this was incredible. Just I I, I can't say no good things about it. The the athleticism of it. I mean, I don't know how many times you know we got excited and like popped. You know, just sitting in our chairs watching. Oh, it, absolutely. So. You know, uh, but also the two other opponents yeah, you before have. Before we get going, we have two other people in the match. <laughs> yeah, the Rado Kid, just recently off of stint in AEW. Yep. And then, of course, one of our favorites. Uh, Ray Phoenix, who was... Absolutely. Well, I kind of forgot was even going to be there. I didn't know he was going to so, be there. So that was that a pleasant was surprise cool. for me. So, one half of the Lucha Brothers with uh, Penta... Uh, Penta L... Oh, gosh, he keeps changing his name. It was Penta. Pentagram, and then it was... I think it's just Penta now. Well, I mean, yeah, Penta El Cerro, sure. something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, but Lucha Brothers, phenomenal. Oh, Love I, those guys. Yeah. Ray Phoenix, wow. Yeah, somebody said something like, oh, they're like, you know, the Ray Mysterio. I love Ray Mysterio. Does some crazy things. I think, I'm speaking for myself, these guys do stuff that Ray Mysterio probably dreamed of doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ray laid the groundwork. Without Ray, probably not have been possible. But these guys... Wow. Yeah, they just jumped through that door and just went. <laughs> I mean, right at the beginning, you know, they're going at it, and Ray Phoenix lays out a vicious chop, just cracks. Oh, chops from hell. <sighs> like that first part. <laughs> I mean, the crowd's excited to be all chant woos because, you know, it's, 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 it's state law. Whenever there's a chop, you got you to gotta <laughs> say woo, you know. You know, I'll, I'll bet you Ric Flair always. But, man, Phoenix started off right with that. Um, the Laredo kid. Oh my gosh, his his spin! I try to remember his spin moves he did. He, he, I mean, he just—they all did something I had never seen before and didn't know how to write down half of them um, because they were just—I don't know—be a flip and a bunch of spins moving two directions at once. Like it was just. Yeah, they created moves that we didn't have names for. Right. (laughs) Yeah, never seen before. Like I don't know what you call that. You know, just unreal. Uh, I mean, all of them. I mean, uh, Bandito on. Black Taurus, well, first of all, Black Taurus didn't just press slam him over his head. He did it with one hand. Right. <laughs> and I was right there. I'm already impressed alone. And then at that point, it's when it comes down and is just spinning all over the guy. Like, I, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, he's using the guy like a stripper pole. Oh, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, then Taurus had that. He did that. Um, uh, Tope Suicida through the middle, through, through the ropes, but he also like started spinning halfway through it. Yeah. Like my, like he kind of just broke the laws of physics as he went through, yeah. the, through the ring. And like he, he did that one. Plus he had another one where he just on his feet, like did a no hands cartwheel over the oh, top rope. That's too. right. He did. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, the, the stuff they were doing. I mean, I, I was jotting down so many notes, my pen couldn't keep up with everything that was going on. Um, I know the crowd went nuts when Bandito was spinning around on, Taurus, you know, they were already impressed, and yeah, because he was like spinning almost looked like he was gonna do a hurricane rana, but then would let go of the legs and spin back around him again. And he did that like four or five times easily, like, easily. And it was so quick about it, it was so smooth, it was, it was uh, unreal. But I do know that uh, Bandito, buddy, he just apparently just came back from a neck injury from what they were talking about, yeah, from landing on his head, yeah. And it was out for a good bit. This was his first match back. He did some move jumping over the ropes, and Black Taurus uh, was, was was catching him. And Black Taurus saved his life. 
Yeah, he grabbed. He must have really held on tight because his head wasn't too far from the ground. I mean, uh, he was. Yeah, it just might have been generous. Honestly, it was scary, but I mean, he saved him, and then for Black Taurus to thank him for all his efforts saving him, gets a powerbomb. <laughs> right <laughs> outside so. In the, the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. So so good. This was what this is what you get excited about. This is what when you say like, oh my god, wrestling's great. This is this match was the reason why it's great. The crowd loved it, and there was this is awesome chance. There was a fight forever chant. Yep, yep. Uh, oh my gosh, who did the the backflip Scott Hall sack of shit move? Oh, who was that? Like, I, uh, I think it was Taurus. I could be wrong. But the, you know the Scott Hall where they come across the ropes and they catch them, and then he overhead. They call it an overhead slam. And Scott Hall was called the sack of shit because you throw somebody like a sack of shit. R.I.P. We love Scott Hall. Uh, guy was on the ropes and picked him up and just just threw him over the top of his head off the top rope while flipping. While flipping, unreal. <laughs> I mean, I I I was blown away with this match. This was um, my jaw. I know just kept my mouth was agape the whole time. Just every time they were doing it, it was unreal. Yeah, because, I mean, us and the commentators at the event had no words for most of the moves that they were doing. Yeah. Like, like, like I love Jim Ross, but he would have just sat there. He would have had no idea what to say because, like, right. they would just... <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have pulled the old Vistic man, what a maneuver, you know? Because <laughs> I, I felt like saying it because I had no idea what to call him. You know, and I know, uh, gosh, Taurus also had that crazy pile driver. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't remember how he did it. It just... It was unreal. He just, these guys, again, I know I keep saying the same thing over and over. Cannot say I had enough praise for this. Um, I, I legit think it's a match of the year contender. It was that I good. Could, I could see that. Absolutely. That's probably one of the best. That's probably, if not the best match. I can't think of, uh, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of a better match than that one I've seen this year. So uh, We've been told the, the Briscoes versus FTR at Ring of Honor was supposed to be really good. Yeah, so we'll we have to watch get, that to make sure. Yeah, we didn't get catch up on that one because I heard it was it was so good. So Briscoe is always, uh, which we'll get to them here soon. But you know they're always the top tier of uh, Ring of Honor wrestling. So, but for this match, so Ray Phoenix ends up going over with the classic Michinoku driver that was made famous by Taka Michinoku back in the old WWF before his WWE. Here the Attitude Era. Uh, he hits it pretty. I gotta be honest with you, uh, there were so many other amazing moves, I was kind of surprised that's the one that got him over. <laughs> so. So it, always, it always seems like uh, the simplest move is what wins matches after they do all these right. you know, gravity-defying flips. Kicking out of some amazing stuff, but my gosh, again, cannot emphasize enough, if you guys get a chance, you really need to go back and watch Bandito Versus Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Phoenix in a fatal four way. Incredible match. 10 out of 10. Most definitely. But then we were worried because whoever had to follow that uh, was going to be right. <laughs> in for some work. But uh, it was uh, Jacob F- uh, Fatu and Josh a- Alexander. Yep, Josh Alexander. The impact walking current, weapon. Yep, current Impact uh, Heavyweight Champion. Um, I got to say, Fatu is. Rather impressive. I can't believe I haven't seen him before today. Uh, I, that's a very talented guy. Absolutely. 
I mean, not to rip on, not knocking on Josh Alexander, but the star of that match was definitely Jacob Fatu. So, I mean, he's wearing like traditional like Samoan garb from like you know the eighties. Yep, old school eighties or Umaga level type thing. You know, apparently, uh, didn't realize until last night Jacob Fatu is the son of uh, Tama Tonga, who was um, tag team partners with Haku back in the eighties with the they call the Islanders. Um. So we got a lot of part of that uh, Anoa Anoa family from Hawaii, right? Yeah. So like relation to Roman Reigns, the Usos, the Rock somewhere down the line, you know, so many others, the Wild Samoans on down the line. He's built a little more like Umaga, and for not, sure, a little smaller, not not quite. Yeah, Umaga size, but it's still. If you first looked at him, you wouldn't think he was going to do. Some of the stuff that he did. Absolutely not. I mean, it was uh, depressed the springboard moonsault he did where he jumped up on a rope. Oh, that split leg? Yeah. Yeah, jumped, that we, was. Yeah, jumped to the second rope, jumped to the top rope, top to the side, split leg, moonsault. Perfect. It was quick, too. Like, yeah. it was beautiful. Did not see that coming. Uh, he took a hell of a uh, backbreaker from. Josh, Josh Alexander as well. Oh, that powerbomb backbreaker? Yeah, powerbomb backbreaker. That was, that was a big dude to get up like that, to have like land yeah, across your small. leg. Like. Yeah, so, I mean, that was impressive. I think that was the most impressive thing I saw out of Josh Alexander. Not to, yeah, not ripping on him. Just, I'm just very unfamiliar with him or his work. Uh, and I guess, I, whether it's right or wrong, you know, my attention was pulled towards Fatu. The, most of the matches and stuff he was able to do. Oh, he also he also flipped over the top rope at some point. Yeah, it was out, right yeah. on to Josh. It was it was crazy. Uh, it was a he had that beautiful moonsault. Oh, the the mighty moonsault. Yeah, what they called it. Yes. Yeah, he he hit that. I mean, it just squashed that poor other dude. Um. There was no room <laughs> whatsoever for uh, oh well, this no big deal. He barely no. He hit him full on square. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If yeah. that, I wouldn't have got back up. No, I <laughs> I would have cried for him. It just looked so ridiculous. Uh, and actually, I was kind of miffed because that was so pretty and it hit so well that Josh Alexander kicked out, and I'm just like, oh god, like another case of the, you know, you know, f your finish, what one two kick anymore. out. Yeah, no such thing as finishes anymore anyway. But and again, another subject for another day. But the only thing that kind of I didn't like about it was that it didn't really have an ending. Yeah, I had the run-ins. So I guess that saves that match for some another time. True, but it was cool to see who the run-ins were because uh, you had Matt Cardona and Brian Myers yep. uh, run-in. So that was cool. Yep, formerly Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins from you know the WWE days, and they've been Matt Cardona especially been making a name for himself in the Indies. And then, uh, then who made the save? DDP, the legend himself, coming up there. Um, gosh, I'm having a brain lapse. That manager's name was who was running around with. Cardona. No, it was, he hit Cardona, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Cardona, John, did his usual stuff, you know, former NWA champion or current. I can't remember if he's lost it or not. But, TDP, out of the crowd, nowhere, boom, diamond cutter, crowd loses their mind, DDP, still as over as he was in 1998. Beautiful to see. Uh, we had a friend watching with us, uh, he pointed out, and it's kind of true, uh, a lot of cutters Throughout the night, it's almost like it's he, he called it the new super kick. Yep, it's it's I've, it's become a high spot move now. It's just like how the DDT does when it was so devastating back in the day. You know, the only when I remember, you know, the, as far as the main stuff, the only three people I knew who did the DDT was J 
Jake's Roberts, the inventor, Jake the Snake, you know, who made it so cool. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Art Anderson. That's the only people I knew did the DDT, but now... Now it's just a, yeah, it's an alternate move. It's just part of your arsenal. Yeah, everybody's doing a whirly bird DDT to the concrete, and people are kicking out, and it's, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. And I hate to see the cutter do that, because the cutter's cool. You know, I, I like the cutter, but... Uh, the, it was cool to hear... Um, they played self-high-five. Yes, uh, the original was, music. The original music, so... A blatant rip-off of Nirvana. <laughs> nah. Completely different. <laughs> well, listen, there was never a lyric in any of the Nirvana songs that said self high five. So, <laughs> but so good. Yeah, DQ ended up being a DQ, pretty much a schmoz when they came in there. But fun to see those guys come in, especially fun to see DDP go in there. I was pretty stoked for that. So. Coming through the crowd. Yeah. Great. Crowd ate it up. It was good stuff. So, well, it's not the finish everybody wanted. I think people still would have been happy how it went. But if they leave, that leads to another match. For sure. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, that one all got screwed up. Yeah. So. And I'd watch because Jacob Vatu, he's oh, impressive. He's impressive. So I think they attacked both of them. They didn't attack just one of them. So Yeah, they did. So you can definitely keep going with that. It's good to see. So Then we had a uh, backstage segment. Where they're trying to talk to Jeff Jarrett. Super exciting. Uh, ain't he great? Full but, disclosure, uh, we are total Jeff Jarrett marks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, surprised by Jerry Lawler. Did not, couldn't believe he was there. Yeah. Blew my mind. I mean, they had Jerry Jarrett there, and, and you know, and as uh, Bruce Pritchard would say on, you know, it's something to wrestle with with Conrad Thompson. The huh? You know, what's, well, you take the chicken. You know, so I wasn't really thrilled to see about Jerry Jarrett and his chicken salad recipe, but but <laughs> Jeff Jarrett there, and then boom, Jerry Lawler. Oh, so cool! I was, could not believe it, and just talking a blue streak like normal. I'm pretty exciting. I was loving it. Yeah, it, it was pretty uh, heel Lawler, which was great. Which is the absolute best Lawler. Very yes. anti-Flair. Uh, Loved it. <laughs> yeah, just criticizing for the time he first stepped into Memphis and gone down the line. It's good stuff, you know, because there's a lot of history with the Jarrett's and Jerry Lawler. They had ran that Tennessee territory for, gosh, you know, 20 years roughly, probably. So they had a lot of, you know, a lot of history with those. I think... Uh, that was Jeff Jarrett's hero, was Jerry Lawler. So to see him in there doing the full heel routine, I was in heaven. It was good stuff. Then we moved on to a, a tag match with the Von Ericks and the Briscoes. Von Ericks, the sons of Kevin Von Erich, the last remaining of the famous Von Erich family. Now, one of them was not wearing shoes. I forget their names. That one would, of them was not wearing shoes. Yeah, that would be Ross, the older one. So. In homage to his, his dad. Um, was it Marshall? Shoot, can't remember now. Yeah, I think it was Marshall. I think Marshall's the older one. So he was the one, no shoes. So I liked it. Uh, it's a fun match. They're green. You can tell they're green. Yeah, uh, timing was slightly off for most of the match. And I don't think it was the, Bris- the Briscoes. I believe it was, yeah. was them. And that's okay. I mean, it was still a decent match. And they still put on a good for show. For sure. Because I don't know. I mean, I don't. I know the Von Erics have wrestled in New Japan and stuff like that. But I don't think they wrestle consistently, so they, you know, still try a lot of stuff to tweak with as far as how smooth the flow is. Tag team wrestling's tough, man. If you, you know, if you don't get in sync, man, it looks awkward as hell. And and may, I haven't seen a lot of their matches, so it could have just been that maybe the chemistry with the Briscoes just isn't there. I mean, that that does happen. Yeah, for sure. Like just just not clicking for whatever it is. Either it's an off night or just the styles don't match. It's not just them. I mean, I've seen like the Lucha Brothers, you know, have a, a great match with like uh, the Young Bucks. Yep. 
but they have a tag team that they haven't worked with before, and it's not quite the same flow. Right. Just as, seems as awkward next. and kind of choppy, and you know, some people kind of look like they get lost in the shuffle, don't know where to, to, to be at, where to stand. It's kind of weird. So, uh, same so singles matches. I was, you know, I always heard like, you know, Shawn Michaels or, well, Shawn Michaels have a match with Broom, and it'd be fine. But, you know, like, uh, Fake Snake talked about his, he talked about his rivalry with Jerry King Lawler in the 90s when he had come back from, uh, Doing the religious gimmick, and he said it just didn't. Same thing, Roddy Piper. He said it just didn't mesh well. Roddy Piper and Jerry Lawler. They just didn't. Not that they didn't like each other. It just the styles didn't mesh. So it just it was awkward. But from there, but yeah, this tag match had that feel to it. Just it was fun. It was cool to see the Briscoes. You know, the Briscoes were smooth pretty much most of the match. Um, anything that was kind of awkward, they seemed to cover it well. I felt. Uh, but yeah, the. the Von Eric's it just seemed green, but it was cool to see him. It was just cool to see that lineage. He busted out the claw. I was even going to say, he, yeah. we, we, we got to see a, a claw, which was fantastic. The crowd <laughs> totally popped for it. Yeah, I marked out for it. Yeah, it was good to see, because that family just had so much, how do I want to say tragedy, just just awful, you know, history of bad things that have happened to all the brothers and whatnot. But see him come back, you know, it's like a feel-good story to come back and Having a good match and did the claw and making it positive again. That's a good thing. It was ended by, uh, I think it was called the Froggy Bow. The Froggy Bow, yes. Which was some type of uh, elbow that the Briscoes did. Combination frog splash elbow. So he did, he leaped off there like it was the, you know, Eddie Guerrero frog splash or the Rob Van Dam five star frog splash. And instead of squashed him, bam, hit the elbow. It was pretty. Oh, it looked good, but the froggy bow, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I had to ask three or four times, like, was it froggy bow? The frog elbow? What What did they say? <laughs> Could I, I, was, I, was, I was tickled with that. I'm not going to lie. It cracked me up. So, But, yeah, the crowd did. Uh, they seemed to get into that one. They liked, liked to see the Vaught Eriks, but the Briscoes went over. I figured they would, as they should, because they still had a, they're the, they're, uh, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions at the time. So, spoiler alert. Hopefully. That was leading into that, kind of. So, yeah. it made sense for them to, to go over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we had a, was a triple threat? Yeah, triple threat uh, women's match. Knockouts Impact Championship, yep. With the, is it Diana Perrazzo? Yep, Perrazzo, the virtuosa. And you had Rachel Ellering? Yep. Who you said was the daughter of? Precious Paul Ellering. He used to be the former manager for the Road Warriors. I remember him. Yep. And then Jordan Grace. Yep. She's the champion, the knockout champion. Uh, this one got a little awkward really quick because uh, Elring got injured within, what, 20 seconds, 30 yeah. seconds of the match? It was very quick. Uh, she rolled over her ankle. Um, and I, I knew as soon as I heard her scream out, like, you know, kind of three times scream out, I was like, oh, that's, that sounds real. And uh, sure enough, they halted there. They came to a screeching halt for a minute because when they did that replay, she just rolled yeah, right her, over the ankle. Her ankle moved a direction it should not move. Bro. Uh, to her credit, uh, she finished the match. I got to say, I'm surprised. I I didn't. I thought I was where she tore something and that was it. Yeah, you know, she was just be a singles match at that point. But she gutted it out. Because so. I feel it was way too early in the match for it to be a work. For sure. Because it was just such a weird, weird spot. Yeah. Like it wasn't like yeah. No one had worked a body part or anything like that whatsoever. It uh, again, kudos to her. Like. I'll be, you know, I'll be honest. This match, it was not, not my favorite of the night. It was, 
rough times to watch. A lot of spots were being called out kind of loudly. But I can't say enough about, you know, Rachel Ellering gutting it out. She, that, she was running what she could. You could tell it was bothering her a lot throughout the night. But she went another, you know, 15 minutes with that. She toughed it out. Yeah. That's more than Sin Cara did with his broken finger. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Poor Sin Cara. A little injury probe, bless his heart. To be clear, that was the original Sin Cara, not the second Sin Cara. Yes, to be clear. But uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Grace, though, man, excellent spine buster. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Looked pretty. Looked real pretty. And uh, she ended up retaining, basically, a Samoa Joe's move with the Coquina Clutch. You know, basically, it's a chokehold. So. <laughs> That's a chokehold slash sleeper hold slash... Right, the rear naked choke and... Uh, well, she's a fancy to... name, and then it's something else. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll just call it, you know, because EC... was it ECW called the Coquita Clutch when Taz was doing it, I think, so. Now it's time for the main event. The main event. This was what everybody came for, what everybody bought the tickets for. Once again, the final ride of the Nature Boy Ric Flair. 16-time... World Heavyweight Champion, or 21, depending on who you ask, because of the unofficial title changes, <laughs> when he didn't want to get killed in whatever territory he was in. <laughs> but we were totally excited. Uh, this was a great build-up. Oh, yeah. with The, the podcast that, that Jarrett did with Conrad Thompson, in character, uh, was fantastic. Yep. The Ric Flair episode of My World with Jeff Jarrett. So good. And the follow-up episode. J- Jeff Jarrett. Totally heel, totally character, doing some of his best heel work I think he's ever done. I'd agree. I gave us, it felt so real. Yeah. Like, like, uh, we have a cousin who thought it was real. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Our cousin, he texted me and he asked, he said, Have you listened to this? And I said, The Ric Flair episode? I said, Yeah. He's like, uh, I got a question. It's like, Yeah. He's like, Is this real? I said, No, man, it's a work. He's like, Oh, he's like, Damn it, they got me. <laughs> he said, I feel stupid. I said, No, dude. I said, That means they did it right. That means Jeff Jarrett did it right. That's you know? how I know it's good. Absolutely. And that's that's the best when you do that, because, you know, that's the prime thing of wrestling, you know. It's like, you see, it's, ah, oh, that part, that's all bullshit. You know, oh, that's fake. Well, that, that's real. I believe that. And that's when it said it was best. It's when you believe something and get caught up in it. It's so good. But this was the the tag match of Ric Flair with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo. Is that how you pronounce that last Yeah, name? I think it's right. Yeah. Versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal, former Ring of Honor champion, longest reigning Ring of Honor champion. It was Jeff Jarrett come out amazing. Uh, best interest of the four, and that's including Ric Flair. I, I, I love Ric Flair, but, but... I do too. But definitely the best entrance of the four. Uh, he come out just... The build-up to his, his entrance, the uh, the heel work he was doing, how pissed off the fans were. He threw a beer in a guy's face. <laughs> Stole his beer and then threw it at him. Yeah, even better. Uh, it was... That was definitely... Uh, listen, we have a buddy who loves to hate Jeff Jarrett. Actually, he just hates him. We don't love anything about him. He just hates him. Jeff Jarrett made that match. He was the heel work he was doing. He had the crowd foaming in a frenzy, shoved Conrad Thompson in the face, his business partner with his podcast. 
I mean, yelling at old, old ladies, you know, so good. Very classic heel maneuvers, very, or, you know, gimmicks. I, I liked it. I thought it was great. For sure. Old school it, territory it, level. It, it yeah. fit the match because. Absolutely. You know, that's what it was kind of advertised as. Because, and he had a lot, he really, you know, we don't give it credit. He actually had a lot of work to do because he's from that area. And they're used to love it. You know, he's for 30 years, he's, people have loved him in that territory. So he had to really make sure no one's going to love me at this. They're all going to make sure Ric Flair is the hero. And he did a good job. Like I said, people were booing and flipping him off. There's a great picture on Twitter of through either uh, through the StarCast 5 or they retweeted to Conrad Thompson flipping off Jared as he's on the ropes with his guitar. Um, so good. And, and Karen Jarrett played her role well. She was very hateable, which was great. You know, and Jay Lethal, probably the unso- uh, underrated in this because he was a good heel, I feel. Oh, yeah, he played the, the you disrespected me kind of role, yep. but taking it too far as a heel kind of thing. So, which, which in a good thought, way. Yeah, in a, a very good way, yeah. Which all things kind of confusing because really, think about it, this whole build-up, Ric Flair is the heel. Oh, yeah, I mean, he gave the tickets to... You know, J- uh, Jarrett and his dad. Yeah. You know, in a smart ass way, and then yeah. You know, told Sisley told Jay Lethal he wasn't good enough to be, you know, on the card. Yeah. Told the longest reigning Ring of Honor champion, "Oh, there's nowhere for you to be on this card. This, this, you know, it can't fit you in." Uh, Jeff Jarrett kind of helped him up off the ground after Jay Lethal attacked him, and he wouldn't let him. So really, yeah. I mean, cussed him out. You know, told him, you know to f off to him, and he always hated his dad and stuff. And as good as the buildup was, it it was it was a little odd because it it is. Pointed as if Ric Flair is the the heel, yeah. Until everyone beats beats him up, but okay. up until that point, you know, he he was doing the he was doing the shitty. Oh things. yeah, like, doing the <laughs> doing some shenanigan asshole stuff, really. If you think about it, so you know. But the for some reason, uh, you know, when Jarrett would look like a bad guy, even though he tried to save him, be the hero that Jarrett is, you know, because ain't he great? That's right. <laughs> But once the bell rings, though, uh, Flair did come out wearing the OG uh, OG belt. Yep, can't forget that. Plate on it. I did fall off at some point for some reason. I've either with a one last right, or maybe he just lost weight. I I'm think he sure. probably lost a lot of weight. I mean, he's been working, been kicking ass the workouts. There's no doubt about that. They've been showing the video stuff of his. I mean, Flair even at 73 is a cardio machine. You know, he can do the the row machine, the push the weights across there, across the floor. You know. He's got cardio, but there's also a big difference between being cardiovascular shape and ring shape. And that shows, like you said, once the bell rings, things yeah. go a little different. It was great to see a, the robe that Flair had and see the belt that it was wearing. Brought back a lot of... It was that old white robe. Yep, yep. Actually, they made it just for this, but it was a replica of like ah, that gotcha. white one. Yeah, with the butterflies. It was white with purple butterflies and the nature boy in the back and everything. It was great to see the belt. I love the big gold belt. I think that's... About anybody I talk to, that's universally the favorite of all the belts. It's so it's such a great belt. It's so much nostalgia. I mean, it had the actual original nameplate Ric Flair had on there when he bought, had the belt in 1986, 87. So, you know, that was cool to see. Um, everyone else in the match did did fine. Everyone else besides Flair, I think, was uh, on their A game. Yeah, hate to say it, this was this was hard to watch. Yeah, it's one of those things that maybe they shouldn't have done. And I mean, I think the same thing for like when, you know, they did the Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Brothers of Destruction match in, uh, overseas. 
and it just turned into a match that shouldn't have happened. Because yeah, a match and, I still have not watched because I've only heard such horrible things about it. <laughs> yeah, it just it, no one did good in that match, and you know, just it, if you know it exists, then it ruins a little bit of his farewell match. Right, takes away that magic. This kind of does too. Like if you ignore what he did post WWE, at least you know if you, I don't know. I just he just didn't look good. No, he. I mean, I know he's 73, but he looked like an old man who didn't need to be in there. He had trouble getting in the ring. He had trouble confusing which spot he needed to be at. He, I didn't expect him to be setting the world on fire. No, I mean, he's 73. He's not going to. Right. But there was a huge difference when Flair was in the ring and the way he tagged out to Andrade. And Andrade got in the ring with. It was crazy because it went from like three miles an hour to, you know, they hit that NOS button and it would go a million miles an hour. Absolutely. Uh, Jay Lethal and. To his credit, which people, you know, Jeff Jarrett looked like he didn't miss a beat. Jeff Jarrett was hitting the map, popping up quick. Uh, he took some good bumps. He didn't look slow at all. I mean, uh, Jeff Jarrett's 55 years old now. He did the old school, you know, dickhead move and got out of the ring and <laughs> acted like he was going to leave. Got yeah. all the way up the ramp. Love it. They went back down. Truly tell the story. He was right. I think know. it needed it because I think if you would have cut that out, the match would have been way too short. For sure. And Or you would have had the other two in there more. Right. Or at and, least Andrade. And that's not what people came to see. They came to see Rick Flair. Right. You know. Um, he had some really, he had a couple chops that sounded good. Yep. But then as in other parts, he had chops that looked like he was putting no effort into. It didn't take long where he wound down quick. Yeah. And he just, by the end of it, we were, I mean, not to be a smart ass, we were legit concerned for his health because he just seemed like he was, he was dying trying to get air or trying to move. You know? Yeah, there were spots that had, like, he was handed some brass knucks at some point, yep. and they put them on his hand for him. He acted like he didn't know what they were or what was going on and took them off. Yeah, got sugar right off his hand, yeah. And then Andrade had to like, explain to him what they were, and yeah. then he put them back on. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, that was the big finish of the match when he knocks out Jeff Jarrett. You know, of course you have to cheat to beat Jeff Jarrett, wink, wink. You know, he busts out the figure four twice in the match, so that was good. But this last one, he just, I mean, he was, he was just looked so spent. Like Absolutely. He could, yeah. It's like he couldn't even really, it just, I hope, I hope he does not try to step in the ring again because this was hard to watch. I don't think he will. I think this will be it. I'd hope um, so. Cause if he, and I'd, I hate, I hope he doesn't go back and watch it, honestly, cause he won't be happy if he does. I don't and, think he and, and that'd be. be the only thing that might make him try to go back out again is how bad he may see himself. Right. Because they had such a good turnout of, you know, celebrities who came there to wish him well and, you know, congratulate him. Like, again, The Undertaker did not think he'd be there. Undertaker, Mick Foley, Kid Rock. Uh, this is just people in the audience, you know. Right. Um, Mickey Guerrero, uh, Santino, Al Snow. People send their video well wishes of Sting, you know. Uh, uh, Sting, Cody Rhodes. Yep. Again, surprise uh, me, Cody Rhodes, you know. Um, but you had uh, Lex Luger. Good to see him, you know. and. He's such, you know, his life, you know, short and quick. His life has had such a turnaround since his accident years ago. And he's such a positive person. Had nothing but glowing things to say about Ric Flair. Pretty much Sting and Luger both said if without Ric Flair, there would be no next Luger or no Sting. So that was cool to see and cool to hear. But yeah, all kinds of well wishes from everyone. So it was, it was good. I don't, he already had an amazing send off in 2008 with the WWE. I don't think you're going to get many more of those this level. So. No. And people are not going to want to pay to see a match like that. Let's see you appear, go out there, woo, and you know, but don't don't do the ring again. It's 
I'm not trying to be negative on it. It's just it was hard to watch. It was sad. I didn't want to. I didn't want to see my the guy I've been watching it all my life do this. You know. We did get to see a uh, a Jeff Jarrett strut. Yes. Uh, he got hit somebody with a with a guitar. It was his own teammate, but yeah, still, but still, it's just fine. <laughs> um, Flair bled. No surprise. Yep. We uh, fully expect that. Guys will cry. No surprise. Yeah. <laughs> the man does cry. So he bleeds as much. He cries as much as he bleeds. So. Uh, Andrade did a uh, Poison Rana, which looked great. That that is a. I'm sure it's not nearly as devastating to take as it looks. Man, that move looks good. It looks brutal when it's taken. That Poison Rana, so good. But for me, Jeff Jarrett did make the match. So yeah, I, I don't think. even say that facetiously. I know we said lots of tease our buddy, but I don't even say that facetiously. Like I think his heel work. Jay Lethal was doing good too. Jay Lethal was taught in the crowd, but nothing like Jarrett did. Jarrett was was this is the most on I've seen him since probably since before his TNA days when he was really working the crowd and trying to get for, a lot of hatred. For being in his fifties, he was in rather good shape. Looked great. Honestly, the, like his face his face looks a little bit aged. His physique, he looks great. He looks every bit as he does his prime. So you know, makes me I'm like oh, Jeff Jarrett. You know, he got a more more one more run left in him. Yeah, I can see that. So take notice, WWE. That's right, H. <laughs> yeah, but you're taking over now. Let's get the you know because I mean, there's no doubt he is great. You know, ain't I great? Yes. The answer is yes. Always yes. So, <laughs> but it was good. I loved the send off at the end. I loved uh, I loved Shonda Shivani talking to Ric Flair, interviewing him just like he did in 1983 with the first. Uh, Starcast, or sorry, Starcade, where uh, he beat Harley Race for his second world title, and here we are, thirty nine years later. Those two are <laughs> Doing once <that> again. again. <laughs> yeah, so that was cool to see. Absolutely, you, you could hear the production person tell everyone to go out to the ring. That yeah. was kind of funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of you hear that called out pretty quick. But as again on the side, like I, I don't think. Flaherty's doing more because just going back there trying to get him the belt just saying hold up the belt and he he wouldn't even register that you know he even said like I don't remember half of I didn't see him take a headshot he didn't know? really take a bad bump right that I could see at least like I kind of actually expected him to take a top rope slam like he oh right right career. but I didn't see him take any bump or really get hit in the head unless I just missed it but he said it like he didn't I mean I don't know if he just was so full of adrenaline and just so Caught up in everything. That's why I didn't remember everything that happened. But it was cool. You know, the final shot, you see him holding up the belt. That was cool. And like I said, let's just leave it that. Let's not. Please don't do this anymore. We're done. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're done. No, no, no more. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> to see, good. like, you know, like how Taker went out with that match with AJ Styles. I thought it was the best way to go out. You know, it was, it was granted it was a, a, product, a production. It was, you know, pre-recorded and edited. But we saw some taker matches that were just like it's don't do that. Like it's it's not good when your your heroes or people you've been watching all your years love and they just start don't know when to stop. Now they can do more shows like this. The show itself was fantastic. For I think sure. if you could do more like one show like this a year under the Jim Crockett production kind of thing, old school set, and just have a smorgasbord of wrestlers from all over the world. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no more. Yeah, you don't I mean, you'd have him like visit, have him come out, and talk to the crowd, have him meet somebody's corner. I'm perfectly fine with that, but you know, I mean, this paper you did well. As you know, again, our you know our, our friend told us he said this was the second highest grossing pay per view, independent pay per view ever. 
only behind All In with uh, that was before AEW was a company that Cody Rose, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega, you know, organized. So that's impressive. Yeah, and that was another one where they had the New Japan and all that a bunch of different companies come together. So it was cool to see. I loved it. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, everything about it was was good. Even like watching the last match, even though those parts were rough to watch, you know, I enjoyed a lot, a lot of the aspects of it. And, but definitely worth the money. I enjoyed it, especially that Triple A match. Wow. Amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Again. Match of the Year contender. Absolutely. And that, folks, will do it for this week. We have uh, got everything covered, gave our full professional slash amateur opinion on everything, solely ours alone. Uh, we appreciate you if you listened. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at, uh, at beyond underscore second underscore star. It's the Beyond Second Star podcast. Again, that is at beyond underscore the number two ND underscore star give us a follow give us some uh you know feedback see if uh someone can improve something you guys may like may not like uh, you can also follow us on beyond second star on instagram that is at beyond second star all spelled out uh next episode we plan on covering this year's SummerSlam that we just finished watching uh, yep. it is one hell of a show we'll go same way match by match give you our thoughts on what we think absolutely uh we're a little behind on it but we're playing catch up we're uh sticking tradition how SummerSlam is supposed to be in August, and that's what we're sticking with. But again, you know, uh, we're looking for some feedback, so we'd like to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. You know, if anybody can help with that with that. We're yeah, open for suggestions. Yeah. On that note, I heard the, heard the three count, the bell is rung, and it's time to wrap it up. <laughs>